to do this morning i want you to open up your scriptures to the book of colossians the apostle paul speaks to the people there at colossi and he has some very important messages truths that he wants to share with the people they're much like us in 2019 they had challenges they had problems they they dealt with sin issues and he would just address them that they could somehow exalt christ above their situation and uh, so we find ourselves today about putting off some stuff and then we'll talk about putting on so those are big words put off put on put off put on sounds like a movie i think i watched a few years ago okay anyway here's here's the best illustration i know at our house it's always been my job since i was a little kid i'm, I'm just curious every person that your job has always been to take the trash out raise your hand high and wave it yeah okay you know, sometimes you don't ever get promoted from a job. You know what I'm saying? You just got it for life. Well, here's the thing. You take the trash out to the curb. Because if you don't push the trash out to the curb, a couple things happen. Your trash can or trash cans overflow. It gets extremely stinky. If, depending on where you live, you could get some, have some animals, some varmints get in there. That'd be kind of gross. So you, so you take the trash out, you put it out to the curb in hopes that the sanitation department is going to come by with that big truck. Have you ever noticed how kids are enamored with garbage trucks? I know talking to my grandkids sometimes, they get so excited about the garbage truck, you know? And, uh, but, but I think about this, but trash day is important. Just like if you're out in the yard, or you're out in the garden, and you rip out the weeds, it's important to get rid of some stuff. It's important to put some stuff away. Well, that's what this message is about today. New power, putting off, putting off away some stuff that you might put on some stuff you you put off the smell you put off the gunk you you put off the sin you put off the practices of the devil and you put on christ and his light and his righteousness let's close in a prayer i pretty much just told you everything i'm gonna tell you today i'm just kidding i want to share with you this morning you know it's this old story that i've loved to tell over the days about the guy that had the two German shepherds. Man, they were really beautiful specimens, and they were healthy. And, uh, and the guy said, man, which, which dog wins? Which dog wins? When they get in a fight, which one wins? He goes, it's the one I feed the most. <laughs> and you know what? That's the way it is with our soul and our spirit. If we feed the spirit of the flesh, the flesh wins. But if we feed the spirit of God that dwells within us through the Holy Spirit, the spirit wins. Which one do you want to feed? spirit you want to feed the spirit man so as we talk about today he says put off put on in other words dis disrobe here it is judicially it would be christ died we get robed in his righteousness when we come to relationship with him as he rose for us so we 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 get justified we get sanctified uh i, I like what dietrich bonhoeffer the old german theologian said one time he said these words he goes basically we have to come and we have to die. We have to come and die to ourselves that Christ might be Lord, that Christ might be magnified over our lives. So that's what it is, putting off, putting on, putting on the new nature of Christ. And he talks about these things in, in Romans 6. If you read Romans 6 and you read Romans 7, man, you're like, man, there's no hope. And then you get to Romans 8. And Romans 8 is like one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible. And he's like, hey, but therefore there is no condemnation. All of you say no condemnation no condemnation for those that are in christ jesus when we get robed with christ man it is a good day it is a good life it is an eternal keeping so that new birth that new regeneration if you would here's what he said put off put to death mortify put 
put to death the flesh, the flesh man. Have, have, have surgery on it. It's like, uh, have, have you, ever had a, you ever had a bad tooth before? You ever had one that needed to be extracted by the dentist? And, and you say, no, just leave it in there, abscess and all. I just enjoy the pain. You do not. You've never had one then. You want to get it out. You want to get relief. You, you, you've got a sore something on your leg, and it gets infected. You're like, man, I'm going to die. If I don't get this treated, I'm going to lose my leg, and you might. So, you, 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 so here it is. I'm just trying to paint pictures today because I want you to see at Colossae what Paul tells the people. You've got to put this stuff away. This, listen to God's Word. There are Colossians 3, starting in verse 5. The very words I've been saying. He says, put to death, this is the NIV this morning, therefore whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, desires, greed, which is idolatry, verse 6, because of these the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Verse 9, do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and you put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of our Creator. Here, there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Now, that passage there gives us hope, but there's, 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 today I gave you really different notes than I ever do. Matter of fact, when I sent them out to Michael to do the screens, I said, Michael, you got a really easy job. I'm only going to have a few scriptures come up. There's no fill in the blanks. And some of you are like, I like that, Pastor. I can be so astute and I can listen to you so intently and I don't have to write anything. Well, hopefully when you leave here, you'll have some kind of notes. But here it is, almost like, kind of like a Bible study. He goes, there's sensual sins and there's social sins. And one category, and none of them are acceptable to the Lord. Christ died for all of them. But in society, there's one set of these sins on the bottom. We seem to think they're acceptable, and they're not. And the other one, we'd go, oh, yeah, we, we definitely agree, man. Those are sins, and God says put those off. But another one's, I don't know, man. You know, I might want to lie. I might want to slander. I, I definitely might want to get angry at somebody. So we'll look at those in depth. So here's the first one. Now, the kids were released, right? Hello? Because this is not like, uh, you know, a real, I mean, you know, this is just God's Word. And, and that's what I love to teach is God's Word from beginning to end. Look at the first one here. He says, Put off sexual immorality. And one would say, not just put off sexual immorality, put off fornication, do all these things. The, the Greek word would be pornea, and that's where we get the word pornography, porn, all these other different sins. And he goes, put off these sexual areas of your life that are outside the confines, boundaries, the covenant of marriage. You, you need to put that away. In, in, in the time that the scriptures were written, there at Corinth, Corinth, there, was the, uh, there were the temple prostitutes. There were like a thousand of them that would be outside the temple. And we'll just leave that at that, I'll let you use your imagination. And there was all this sexual debauchery, uh, immorality, just wickedness in, in, in the temple, outside the church, all these things going on. And God says, I want you to put off that. But there was a philosophy in that day, and it was basically, life is all about my pleasure. And I want to put my pleasure above God. Have y'all ever noticed that history tends to repeat itself? Somehow, it almost sounds like it was written in the year 2020. Pleasure above God, pleasure above all things. And God says, put those things away, all this immorality, all this sexual misbehavior, all this. You know, one thing about God's word, God is not embarrassed at his word. 
He doesn't quibble over things. He speaks it clearly. I hope, I pray that you value, that I try to teach to the best of my ability, God's full, unadulterated, pure, holy word. And the church said, now, some of the topics, I'd be like, man, I'm going to go ahead and do this, and I ain't going to talk about that one because somebody might be offended. They might leave the church. They might, you know, you know what? At the end of the day, my job is to teach you God's Word that the Holy Spirit might work through His Word that is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, that it might slice, cut, conform me to the image of Jesus Christ. And that's what we get the Word for. But there, there's the thing, he, he says, put these things off. But then he says, hey, if you participate in these sins that we're talking about today, there is hope. The hope is in our confession of Christ. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will cleanse us, forgive us of all unrighteousness. Write down 1 John 1, 9, which I've not put there. In, in the Greek, if you go dig on this, it, it, it comes up the word, it's interesting, it's katharazo. Do you know where I'm going? Katharazo. I'll just say this. If you've ever been, uh, had, had been catheterized uh, in the hospital, you know, you had, had a little procedure, they're going to have to catheterize you, you go, oh, no, send my maid in here, let them do that. You know what it is? It's to get the, the toxins, to get the poison, to get the things out of your body. And that's what it is when, when we confess. We're saying, God, wipe out the uncleanness. See, today we're celebrating Holy Communion. So I think this is a good word that God set it up. See, I didn't necessarily pick communion that it would fit with this. I just the way I love the way the Holy Spirit puts things together. Today, when we do communion, we're going to do it at the back of the room. You'll go back there. We're just, we're just trying to change it up. My whole goal, I have one goal, that you might know Christ and you might know him better, that you might know him more intimately than you did when you came in, and that you grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ. So God, help us to put away these things, these these. Uh, in, uh, the sexual immorality. But then he gives another one. Look, look down there at the scripture. Sexual immorality. Then he says impurity. So when he talks about impurity here, it's the word uncleanness. Uh, it could be perverted forms of sex or whatever. It could be homosexuality. It could be any number of sins. And God says, put those things away. Off, uh, away. Uh, in, 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 the, in the Greek structure, it's imperative. And what that means is do it now. Don't do it one day don't think about it i'll contemplate it in the future i'll do it put it away now put that you can put on christ now not for the future lord we we want you to uh take control so in this morning when he talks about put away sexual immorality he talks about put away uncleanness it could be like well lord what's what's the literature i'm reading i mean let's just go ahead and go down that road it could be that lord here, here'd be a good prayer lord speak to me about books that i should read and if there's books that don't honor you, books that tend to flame the flesh, then, Lord, remove those from me. I will tell you this as a pastor. I, I deal with a lot of situations. One of the hardest was years ago when I had a young man call me, and his wife had dove into some books uh, that she should have been reading, and it just began to foster imagination and dreams and these things. And ended up, she ended up in three affairs and ended up divorcing him and wrecked the family. It was just horrible. And it, it showed me the power of, of, of reading. It showed me the power of literature. And the church said, it's true. So we just want to say, Lord, what's, what's, the, what's the literature? What's the movies? What's the things that I'm doing? Lord, help me to be clean. Lord, I, I want to 
And, 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 and guys, here it is. God created entertainment. God created pleasure. I, I, I'm not against that. I, I, I'm glad the Lord created that for us. But he does have boundaries for us, and he wants us to follow him. And uh, so, so when he talks about this uncleanness, it would be like, well, guys, girls, whatever, you know, uh, honor me. Put, put me in, in the things that you, you visualize. Put me in the things that you read. Lord, uh, help me to put you in my thought life. Lord, help me to be conformed by you. Help me to be satisfied with you. Because what we know is our flesh is inherently evil. Our flesh will concoct ways to do evil. Have, have you ever thought about how dark you can get? No, don't give me any testimony. But if you'll think about it for a minute, somebody does you wrong. Sometimes you're not thinking about giving them your best Sunday school answer. They, they hurt you. They, they hurt some. No, here it is. Mamas, I'm going to pick on y'all. Somebody hurts your baby. You want to love them with the love of Jesus, right? That's your first response. Well, you want it to be. And it might be. But it might be, somebody hurts my baby, I'm going to take you, you know? So God wants us to have the mind of Christ, the heart of Christ. He wants us to be clean. So here he goes, these sensual sins, sexual immorality, this whole impurity. Then he moves into a whole thing here. It would just be the word lust. And the, the lust for the sinful, the desire for that which we don't have. Lord, that these actions become attitudes. Lord, it would be like, a, hey, as a guy, we understand. We are, how many of you men are grateful for women the way the Lord has made women? And the church said, yeah. How about the men? What did the men say? I mean, aren't you glad women don't look like us, guys? Yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, you. He created woman and it was, no, it was very good. Okay. And, uh, but here's the thing. So we, we can, you can just write down two words. You can look down the word glance. A woman walks in the room, walks in your presence. You go, beautiful woman. Hello. What, what gets us in trouble, guys, is that you don't have to say it out loud. It's, it's the gaze. It's the gawk. It's the double take. It's the triple take. It's the quadruple take. It's, it's beginning to do things that aren't honoring to the Lord. It's not honoring to our sister in Christ. It's not honoring to our creator. And the Lord says, hey, I want you to be clean of these things. And you're going, pastor, man, you're being kind of... You're, you're kind of being prudish there. You're, you're kind of coming down the line. Well, man, I, I did not write the text. I'm a messenger. You're like, Lord, you want me and my friends to have victory. Lord, you want us to be satisfied with you. So he goes, immorality, impurity, lust. Then he goes, evil desires. Now, that's mental uncleanness. Lord, help me to listen to what one says. If a man looks after a woman, Jesus said, after her in her heart, if he mentally plays the picture of having sexual union with her, he's already committed adultery in his heart. And you went, huh, Jesus, you're, you're tough. Well, Jesus is tough, but Jesus wants our best. And then look at the, next, the last one here. So he talks about evil desires and then covetousness, greed. Hebrews 13, 6, I think it'll come on the screen. It says, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Lord, help me to put off greed. And one thing about it, living in Western world, it is so easy for us to battle the sin of greed. And I preached on greed, and that's not the message today. I just wanted you to see that it's in here. It's to, it's to desire something that somebody else has. And, and I, I, don't, I don't need to be jealous. I, I need to be thankful that they have that. Uh, like uh, the other day I, I was with a friend and he came to me and he says, hey, look what so-and-so gave me. They, they gave me a new car. And I genuinely in my heart, I was so happy for him and I rejoiced with him. 
And, and so, so when somebody comes to you and they go, I got a promotion. I got a new car. I got, he go, Mark, I got a new golf club. I got a new whatever. Do you go, yes, I am happy for you. Or do we down deeply in our hearts go, really? You got one of those? Look what I got. Mine's worn out, man. Mine's, mine's bent. Well, it's because you throw your golf club. You shouldn't be throwing your golf club. You know, that's one reason I don't play golf. I've played a lot of sports, water ski, snow ski, basketball, baseball, racquetball, tennis, did it all. But I never picked up golf. And as I got older, I wished I had, but I'm so competitive at this point, I don't want to play because I, I just, I'm so bad and it, it would not be fun. And, but I used to listen to guys back when I was contemplating golf, and I'd say, well, tell me about your golf game. They'd go, oh, rah, 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 rah. I hate it. Rah, rah, rah. Man, I threw clubs, and, and I lost money, and all I do is I just drown balls. And, and I'm like, and that's just fine? And then the next week they come in. Oh, man, I shot the lowest score I've ever shot. I am like awesome Tiger Woods is going off. I'm coming on. I am D-man. The next three months. I am horrible. You want my golf clubs? I'm giving them away. You know, so it's just up and down and all this stuff, you know. And, but yet, do we get excited for people when something happens? Uh, somebody, somebody has a baby. Somebody, somebody gets a new whatever. They just, good things come. Don't you love it when good things come your friend's ways? Wait, 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 wait. I'm really worried about our, our, sanctu- our congregation. Do you, are you, do you like it when good things happen to people around you? Yeah, okay. I know if you have seniors, you're like, yeah, their kid, their kid's like straight A, straight conduct, straight everything, all Mr. Universe. Like, don't you just love these muffler stickers? My kid is the all universe kid of the world. They have A plus. They have 107 grade point average in every class they've taken. And you're looking, and you're looking at Johnny in rearview mirror going, I'm just praying the little boy, the little girl gets out of school, you know. But that's my kid. And then I still remember that bumper sticker I shouldn't have liked. It said, my kid beat your kid up at recess today. I mean, that's horrible. That's horrible. That was not good. But we ought to celebrate. Man, that's good. They're working their academics. That is awesome. They had a great football game. They had a great whatever. Man, that's phenomenal. And not be envious or jealous. So let's keep going. So he, 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 talks, he talks about whatever satisfies us. So these are the central sins. But look, look at verse 8. Look, move down there with me. Look what he begins to do. He says, put, put these things to death. He goes, right before that, he goes, you used, look at verse 7, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. See, it's past. You used to do this. But see, I like what he, as he, as he pivots, verse 8. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things. And then he begins to talk about, we would say, acceptable sins. The Father would say, I died for these sins. And Christ would go, I'm more than enough for these sins. But in society, and I hate to say, even in the church of the living Christ, sometimes we think these sins are acceptable and they're not. And then Paul just delineates sin. He just, I mean, look, look what he does here. It's like he didn't, he didn't go to guessing. He just, he just puts them out there and he goes, okay, the, these are things that should not be. Because he's kind of given us, on the front end, he gave us moral absolutes. And, and one thing about our world today, we've declined, we've departed from so many. See, I believe there's absolutes in the Word of God. Do you believe that, church? Yes. There are. Society's trying to tell us there are no 
absolutes. There is no higher authority. Well, there is. It's the Word of God. That's the one I surrendered to. But Lord, here, but look at these social sins. So he says, hey, you've been living in this sin. Now repent. Now, now turn. Now, now pivot. Now, now change. Now, now turn and go with me. The admonition is put it off, put it on. Now, I'm going to say this as I get into it. Put it off, put it on. You, you, you remember, I remember this as a little boy, and I bet some of y'all remember this. You got a ragged shirt, set of clothes, you're dirty, you smell, and your mom says, go upstairs, go to your room, go wherever, go clean your clothes. And so what's the first step, man, to, to run out of the house, to go do something else? You don't want to change. But yet she knows that, man, you need, you need to change. You, you need to disrobe from this stuff and, and that you need to get some clean ones on. And then you can come back out and be a part of the family. And, and some of your moms are probably laughing like, man, that happens, man, that happens around our house about every other day. Or we just fight. And, I mean, I don't, know, I don't understand it. I, I thought about this sick thing that happened to me when I was a kid. I didn't like to take showers when I was a kid. Now, Donna knows I overcame that because now she goes, baby, we're going to have no more hot water in our house. And I go ahead and admit it. I, I love hot water. I'm just going to tell you, I, I just... I, I like long showers. He's go, yeah, he does, yeah. And, uh, but, but, but the thing is, I remember as a kid, I couldn't stand to take showers. And I remember staying out in the country. I used to go spend two weeks with my uncle on a farm every summer. It was the highlight. My mom had been killed a year before. My dad sent me away for two weeks. And my uncle, hey, shh, let me tell you, he, he basically let me do anything I wanted to do. And I'd get there and I'd play with the animals and we'd do all kind of stuff. And it was just fun. And then I, and I'd come in, my aunt said, all right, Keith, you need to go in and take a shower. Yes, ma'am. I've repented, so the Lord's covered this. But I just want to tell you, I still remember, I hated to get clean so bad. I would, there's no kids in here, right? Because I don't want them to hear this. I would go in and I would turn the shower on and stand outside. And, and then... And then go upstairs with clean clothes on. And my Aunt Frances would go, you take a shower? It was running. It was. It, the shower was running. I did not participate and get in. And now y'all going, you're a nasty boy. No, I'm not nasty anymore. I mean, I, li I like to take showers. I did. I mean, I, guys, come on. Some, I'm feeling dark and alone. Did anybody else do this besides me when you're little? You just hate to go take showers? Thank you. I, I, I knew I liked you. God, Bob, I'll take you to lunch. Yeah, you just want to go to lunch. That's all that is, man. Just, just wants to go to lunch. Yeah, I'd go to lunch too. But I'll take you to lunch, Vic. You're pretty cool. All right. I, I, I don't know why I told that sick story. Now, y'all going to be coming up to me now going, yeah, you smell okay. Yeah, okay. All right, good. Oh, Jesus, I was being really deep and I just departed. All right, here you go. Here, verse 8. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. So here, here's what I told you. Then he pivots. And then he begins to give these social sins. So let's, let's look at them. Because I, I've got each one of you I'm going to use as a personal example. This is going to be so fun. Anger. Guess who I'm going to use in our congregation today? No, I wouldn't do that. that. That's not my job is to call you out. My job is to teach you the truth and let the Holy Spirit... According to Scripture, there's nothing wrong with anger, is it? Jesus got angry in the temple, and he chased them out with a cord, the money changers. Righteous anger. The only problem is our righteous anger is usually not so righteous. We can get angry over social issues and sin issues and those things, and I think we should. But there's so many things that we get angry about. So there, there's two things. Just write them on the side about anger that I think we do, usually. We clam up when we get angry. It just... 
it just burns. We internalize it, or we do what? We, I know, I'm sad too. Or we blow up. We, we explode. We're this artesian well that just comes forth. So we, 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 uh, we clam up with internalization. And when we clam up, and even when we get verbal, I find that we hurt. We hurt one another. We, we hurt others. And God wants us to change that. So there's, there's not a place for these. I mean, some people say, well, I just need to vent. Well, I, I think we need to vent, but not on other people. And people say, yeah. I mean, I won't ask you to raise your hands, but have you ever been vented on? Yeah, it doesn't feel very good. Have you ever been the ventor that you vented on others? Yeah, yeah, man, I do that. I feel so much better when I get through. No, you don't. So God, help us. So he, he tells us here to get rid of our, these sudden outbursts, that we need to give them to Jesus. Uh, one would say, anger is boiling agitation. Oh, that's my new word, per, Pastor. When my, whoever in my life aggravates me, I'm going to go, I am agitated by you. And turn to the person now and say, you agitate me. No, don't, don't, don't do that. But, you, but we ag- do, do we agitate one another sometimes? Yeah, we do. And God... Oh, boy, this is getting too... Counseling's going to pick up this week. I can already tell. But sometimes we guard our anger. And we want to... Christ wants us to give this anger to Him. Listen to Matthew 5, 22. Everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. And he gets really tough here on anger. So Jesus is like... You need to put off this. You need to put off your anger. You, and, and, and I know we're going to have moments. I'm glad we have an advocate. That's the good news of the gospel. We have an advocate, and his name is Jesus. And we run to him, and we blow it. And, man, I blow it, and I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. And if you're in Christ, you're saved by the mercy and the riches of Jesus. And you run to him with your sin, and you lay it down. And that is good news, isn't it? But it doesn't mean you habitually go, I cannot wait to sin that I might ask forgiveness. You don't understand grace. So let's keep moving here. So there's, there's anger here. Look at the second one. So there's anger, then there's wrath. Another word for wrath would just be rage, temper tantrums, violent displays of attack by word, deed, at another person. We remember them in bad ways. Uh, that's not our job. Wrath is, is God's place. His judgment belongs to him. He is an ever, forever, he, he is, uh, his loving kindness is for now and forever. He is for us. But there is another, the whole other series, a whole other message about the wrath of God in judgment, and it does come. So God says, put away these things. I, I, don't, want you, I don't want you to participate in this. I have something more for you. Look, look at the next one. Move to the word malice. Malice. You're like, oh, that, that's me. That's the one sometimes we have malice. We get upset when somebody else, I talked about earlier, they're successful, they, they get blessed, and, and we don't. It's that silent, hidden hatred of the heart sometimes that sometimes takes revenge on another. And God goes, and then, of course, we know malice can lead to sins such as murder. And so, Lord, don't, don't let us have that. Lord, help us not to have malice. Help us not to have a desire to injure another person. We, we don't have to injure people physically. Sometimes we injure people, and it might even be worse, we injure them emotionally. We injure them relationally. We bring damage to them. And here's what I'd say with this many people. Some of you, malice has occurred towards you, and you're hurt, you're wounded. 
And I pray this morning you would find healing in Christ. It could be that you were the one that instigated, you propagated your malice on another. And this could be a great day for confession, that the Lord could refresh you. I, I love the hope that Christ. Uh, another word here. So, so then look, look at the next one, the word slander blasphemous he says man you, i don't have a place for that it's attack on another person's character it's it's a rumor mill we we create rumors uh, I, I think years ago when veggie tales came out there was a, a there was a video and it was called was it called rumor mill come on help me moms huh rumor weed thank you doug look at doug that's like, i was just watching it man rumor weed yeah right, rumors rumors they, they destroy people. We, we slander people. Even, even the world knows slander is wrong. You get sued over slander. I still remember the guy. He came to me one day. He's, he's an attorney, very, very powerful attorney in Mobile, big trial lawyer. And he told me one day, he goes, when I was early, had just gotten out of law school and had done some work and I was getting started, I got this case one day. And he goes, I was trying this case. And he says, uh, uh, I had this guy, I was trying to get him off. He goes, man, I know, I know in my heart, in my core, I knew he was innocent. I didn't know how to prove it. He said, I went home and I praised. He said, I told my wife, says, this guy's going to get convicted tomorrow. He said, I'm his attorney. It's my job to be his advocate. I need to fight for him. I don't, I don't know what to do. And he went over to his kids and he held his little kids and he snuggled with them and they were watching VeggieTales. He's like, God, help me. And guess he was watching that video about the rumor and the holy spirit did you know the holy spirit can use videos he can use veggie tales and he spoke to him and he said that's it this is a rumor i'm gonna build it all on this foundation he went in the court the next day he went into the judge and what i didn't tell you was he's a good musician and he and he plays left-handed and that's just kind of weird anyway but he walks in with his guitar and he walked up to the bench he said judge i'd like to play a song for you now, I don't know if you've ever been in the courtroom. They don't get humor. And the judge looked at him and said, what, son? He said, I want to play a song for you. He says, I think it'll prove my point. And he sang the Veggie Tales song in court. And when he got through, then he presented his case. And the judge said, son, in all my years of sitting on this bench, nobody dare ever come into my courtroom and play instrument before me. But son, you are correct. And this man is innocent. He is going free. And the other attorney is sitting there going, huh? And he laughed. And they just showed, and I told you that story because the power of rumors, the power of slander. And God says, put this off. But then look at the next one. Nobody in this room would be guilty of this next one. Because maybe you were already guilty of a few, like, oh man, Pastor, this is hard. Next one. Listen, look at it. Filthy language, dirty talk. Foul talk, cruise, cruise, uh, cruise, crude. I love cruise, crude, uh, coarse joking. You know, I'm a pastor. That's my title. That's my vocation. When people hear I'm a pastor, they usually clean up a little bit around me. It gets all sanitized. I mean, I know I walk up to conversations and they stop immediately. Praise the Lord, preacher. Or that was an eighth of a sermon today you preached. Oh, well, I tell you, you ain't been around church much. That's good, man. Hey, all right. All right, you might be going to hell, but I'm, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. No, here it is. But, but people, you, but sometimes 
Sometimes people just wait to see how we're going to respond. And I'm saying in the house of God, in the family of light, there's no play for this crude, jesting, joking course. Sometimes we have to just go, you know what? I'm a Christian. I, I used to be like that. I used to think that was funny. It's just not acceptable. It's just not my witness. I don't, I'm not trying to be prudish here. I just want to follow God. But would you just refrain from that story? Huh? Yeah, man. And I, I think God could do some things through our witnesses. The body of Christ and the church said... I was waiting for someone to say, I don't think so. Well, he could. You know, using all these words. Well, you know, I remember the coach one time told me, he said, that's what coaches do. We just use foul language. That's who we are. I said, it is not. Yeah, I mean, it didn't have to be. I think Christ can transform our tongue. Do you? He transformed mine. If you'd have known me 41, 42 years ago, you he's our preacher, and he praises Jesus from the stage. I do. He praises him in the, in the quiet. I do. But that wasn't who I used to be. I'm ashamed of that. I had foul mouth. And Jesus redeemed it. And you're saying, well, pastor, I'm a Christian, but man, he hadn't, he hadn't transformed my tongue. Maybe today, maybe today, Christ would say, I want to speak to you about your dirty language. But look at the next one. If you hadn't been found out by anything, the next one will certainly get you lying. Don't lie to one another. Everybody that lies, raise your hands. No, don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Although, I bet some people would put their hands up and go, yeah, I'm a liar. I, I, I do. I, untruth. Because lies, they create distrust. They create, they breed suspicion. They, they ultimately, lying joins hands with the dark side, with the devil. And God says, I don't want that in my house. I, I want it to be right. Listen to John 8, 44. I love this verse. He says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. I'm on his team. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar, and he is the father of lies. That's where lies originate from, is from the abyss, from the dark side, from, from Satan himself. And when he begins to take control, begins to work, in and through us and we give him rule We're like man lord i i, I don't want to i want to submit to you jesus lord i don't want to display that we we live in a very 24 7 social media news craze society have you heard any lies lately on the tv just turn it on all i know is somebody's lying aren't they steve somebody's got to be lying because when you state this position and you state this position and they are totally incongruent somebody's not telling the truth so god help us to know the truth but jesus is the truth i am the way the truth and the life and nobody comes to the father but by me being jesus jesus that's who we want to follow listen to this verse 10 move there quickly he says, don't lie to each other. And then he goes, now, put on the new self. Ooh, there it is. Put off this other muck. Now, put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Oh, I love that. So here it is. Regeneration, renewed, growing, being like him. I don't know if you know this. When new converts, when people were baptized in the time of the church history, it was customary when one was baptized that their old clothes were literally thrown away. So you would come to the church wearing whatever. And when you left the church, you know what they did? They 
the believing community of believers, they gave you new clothes to wear home, symbolic of what Christ did in you in your baptism. Matter of fact, that's just hitting me. I, I, maybe we should do that. Maybe we'd have more baptisms here if we said, guess what? You get new garments when you leave today. But we want you to have the garment of Christ. We want you to put on the garments of praise. But that's what they did in the early church. I, I, as, as much as I've studied on baptism, as, as much as I read, I never discovered that till this week. And I went, man, that is, th there's some things that we have dropped over the years I wish we would have kept. I'll just tell you one quickly. One was, I have two daughters. They cost a lot of money when they get married. In the, oh, and I love it. Don and I, we're jo we enjoy that. But in the old days, guess what? The guys paid for it. The guys gave a diary for the woman. What happened to that custom and tradition? I don't know. I don't think it's going to come back. All you going, ah, all you that got boys, like, praise the Lord Jesus. All you that got girls go, praise the Lord Jesus, because there's nothing sweeter than a little girl. And all the church said, and all the church said, and them little boys, they're pretty precious. They're pretty precious. Okay. I think I just got my way out of that hole. I thought, man, I just got in a hole. I better get out quick. Ain't nobody throwing me a rope in there. Preacher going to sink on his own. You know, that's the thing. You know, that's the problem when you're a verbose of mouth. You can get in trouble. Just thought I'd, you're saying, you just now discovering that? Okay. But make your identity Christ. That's what the Apostle Paul would say here. Get rid of the old, put on the new. Get rid of the junk. Some things you kill, you kill the flesh. Some things you discard, the old habits, the old ways. But I can and Christ can. So as I wrap this up this morning, I think about it this way. Let's put our faith and our confidence in Jesus, the one that is able to keep us against that day. Let's put our faith in the one that we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He is good. He is forever. He is merciful. Lord, we trust you this morning. And as I've quoted so many times, but it's one of my life verses, I am crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself that's the confidence. That's the assurance. That's the prayer that I pray we run to this morning. That Christ pays off our sin debt. That's salvation. But it's so much more than that. Then he comes to dwell, to indwell us, to give us the power, new power. He gives us, we can't stop sinning. But Christ in us can, and he can give us a new nature. So today as we go to the table, we'll have an opportunity.